thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And this is going to be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) We've already started. If you could have heard the conversation in the last 15 minutes, we haven't seen each other for weeks, and I think we got out everything in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, because Lucky. there's some secret squirrel stuff. There is some secret yeah, squirrel stuff. Secret squirrel. We may be able to Which, talk about it later, but not now. Well, I don't know that I can be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be trusted. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so on this week's podcast, we thought we'd take you down the rabbit hole a little bit. Um, we did No Spend February, and we want to report back on how we all went with that. <laughs> And we also wanted to talk to you guys about um, a triathlon that the Spunky Kim and Cindy did this weekend, or last weekend, and I'm really, really keen to hear about it because me personally, what was I doing? Working. Working. As you always do. Correct, Mundo. So I really want to hear all about it because the photos on Facebook look mm. amazeballs. You guys look like, when I, look at the, when I looked at the photos, and I'm sure all of our listeners will have checked you guys out, but when I was looking at the photos and they were after the fact... I was thinking you were about to start, <laughs> but those were the photos after. So you must have still had plenty of fuel in the tank afterwards. So I'm totes, <laughs> totes keen to hear all about that. But let's talk about no spend February. Mm. So mm. what was the plan with February? No spend February was that we all wouldn't spend anything other than essentials. So food and whatever else was essential. Um, I think we also threw in charity. Was the yes, charity, charity was, okay. was fine. Mm-hmm. Food, um, charity, petrol, yeah, kids' expenses, yeah, just things that um, had to be paid. Has to be paid. So Pay rather also. than need, having needs rather than wants. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, did someone look break? at the look on her face? Did someone break? <laughs> so how did we all go with that? <laughs> I thought you said you didn't break. <laughs> I may have lied. <laughs> You're bloody tired. But. We have to discuss this because this was so funny. So we're at DG. Okay, so we which go is to... A, which is a chiropractic conference. With a thousand people there and stalls everywhere. It, 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 it's, a, it's a... A shopper's paradise. She said it. <laughs> it was a shopper's paradise. But nothing that we really wanted except for one store. Mm-hmm. And which it was, was? The Barefoot Shoe Store. Oh. Mm. And I mm. figured that was a need. <laughs> Right. All four pairs. Four. <laughs> did you buy four pairs? No, you I'm didn't. just exaggerating. I didn't think you did. I just wanted to see the look on Kim's face. Oh. <laughs> Do you know, I'm just actually amazed with my spend February. I'm getting... I, I actually really took it seriously. Well done. And I really... Um, she did too. I, you she didn't pay that. cash for it. Oh, okay, no, great. So she put on a credit card and told me that she'd pay next month for it. Hey, hey. Oh. Here for thinking. I ain't down there for dancing and in between for the romance. <laughs> Did I just say but that? But I just looked at her and I went, no. Well, I'm, no, that doesn't work. Well, I said, I'm not technically paying for it at the moment. You know, if I put it on the credit card, I'll pay for it in March. 
See, now this is the problem with people like this. People like me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look, they were half price. That's all I can say. They were half price. Well, Evo I'm, Barefoot? I'm actually going price. to say that I was incredibly proud of myself. Mm. I did not break. And I took a whole new mindset. In fact, I've taken such a mindset. I've continued. No spend February. Well done, oh, Into no spend March. Yeah. I did buy my son a pair of jeans and a pair of shoes that he needed for. And undies, he needed them. Undies, he yes, had he to did need them. He's growing so like, fast. I can't, I can't believe how fast that boy is growing. Yeah. No wonder you needed to buy him. Yeah. <laughs> and his jeans just right. grew out of there. And Taylor needed. Seriously, he's just. But for February, I did not buy them or me anything. Well done. Nothing. And it was. I actually, we all really got on board. Even Danny was flying back in from international. Normally, he buys the three pack of champagne for me. And <laughs> the I went, three pack. And he goes, "So should I get the normal things?" And I went, "No, honey, it's no spend February." And he goes, "Are you serious? Even the champagne?" And I went, "Yeah, even the champagne." And mm. in fact, he's been back twice since then, and I've told him each time, "Don't bring me the champagne," because I, well, I'm on a mission. I want to buy a house. And I must work. Yeah. And so for me, Go that February kickstarted me, mm, and. I've just got really serious. And I think for the first time in my life, I've had a different connection and association with money. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I've ever had it. So I feel really, I'm really excited. I didn't expect to have occur what's occurred for me, mm. which is I realise how little I need. Mm. That was a big thing. Even going to the supermarket with the kids, they'd look at bananas and go, Mum, these ones are cheaper. We all got into it about how much we could save. And... Jacob was going, he went off to Japan and he had his ski trip, obviously, in amongst all that. And he had saved us, he had his spending money, but he's paying a little bit of that off. And he's now really relating that to how much he can save. So the other day I said to him, would you like, we're waiting for Taylor. I said, should we go and have a coffee Um, and you can have a milkshake? And he goes, how much is the milkshake? And I said, well, it's $6.50. And he goes, could you just put that aside into this account and I'll put that towards my trip? And I went, (laughs) Wow. So it's been, and That's then he because awesome. he, he was listening to that guy. I think it was Demartini who yeah, said, yeah, yeah, "Every yeah. time you save something, oh yeah, put, put it, it into yep. it aside. Yep, so, put it aside. Uh, so we've uh, even yeah. taken that on. Yeah, and we've got a tin in the kitchen um, that any of us, if we save on something, we're all putting it into the tin. So I don't know. I'm hoping within a year. I might be able to buy a house. Well done. Mm. Yeah, well done. Mm. I think it's great. Yeah, I was mm. really pleased. Yeah. I was really chuffed because everyone kept saying to me, how are you going, how are you going? And I really, I didn't falter. Mm. I took it on like I did my training. Mm. Yeah. Not for the first time. Well yeah. Well done. Yeah. How'd you go? Well, you know, I had to go to America um, and I kept thinking, oh, I can't remember the date we left. The, um, the 26th? It was the 26th. That's mm-hmm. right. And America's a great place to spend. It really is. So anyway, we got there on the 26th and we'd already paid for our flights and our accommodation, everything it's paid for. And the only thing we needed was food. And I was really amazed. I probably didn't, I bought two things while I was there. I bought a skirt, a little sports, um, a little camping Ooh. sports skirt, which I have on right now. Oh, I was going to say oh, that. How cute, cute is this? Isn't Very it cute? cute? So I bought that and I bought your present. Oh. Karen? That was it. Which she forgot to bring today, no. so she doesn't know what it is. No, Karen doesn't know what it is, but um, it was one of those things that you looked at it and you went, that's got Karen written all over it. <laughs> and I didn't buy... And I, you know what, fluffy? I didn't... No, 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 it's pink, though. 
And I didn't buy Kim anything because I kind of went, you know what? I didn't see anything that mm-hmm. like like what I, I saw for Karen. And I went, I didn't buy my kids anything. But oh, wow, know, I'm no, very lucky. No, you were the only one that got a present this time. Oh, I was very blessed. Just you, and you are going to love it. <laughs> it is it, like... Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I can't wait now. Oh, I can't wait to give it to you. I cannot believe I forgot it tonight, but anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So how did you go with the I mean obviously you didn't spend anything else, but did you but I remember us having a conversation about our mindset around the money and mm. and you've always had a very good mindset around yeah. money mm. and very um I would say you're very conservative with what you spend. Yeah. Um and I've never quite understood that. Um, but now you do. But no, well, it's true. I actually, and I get a kick yeah. out of saving money, but I never realised it. You know. So, yeah. did you? Did anything change for you during it? Or, you know, what I realised? I realised that um, if I want something, I will buy it. Mm. Um, if it's too expensive, I won't buy it. Mm. But if I, if I wanted something, like if there were a pair of jeans for twenty or thirty dollars, I wouldn't think not to buy it. I would just go, well, that's all right. I can have them. I don't need any more jeans. I don't need any more shirts. I don't need any more shoes. I don't need any more of anything and that was my that whole thing in america it was like there's nothing i need and you know what they lost my luggage and i all i could think of was i don't need anything else i don't want to buy anything to survive the next couple of days you better find my luggage you know yeah, yeah, yeah. because when you buy you know even though they're paying for it i don't want any more stuff yeah yeah so for me it was um it, it was basically a real thing of well I really don't need that, mm. so don't buy it. You don't need it. So for I look, I think my mindset's always been good, but I obviously, if I want it, I'll buy it. But that month, I had to really, really consider it. Mm. Yeah. All I remember that you were going to go down and get your daughter. You were going to buy something. Remember, it was a um, was it a tablecloth? You really? Liked? Oh, that's right. I was going. My daughter went. Oh, I still haven't bought it, and here we are, nearly into April. Yeah. Well, we're halfway through March. Where and now you we? probably won't buy yeah. it. You probably don't need it. Yeah, well, she still probably wants it. I've just forgotten about it. But she rang me and she said, I've got this ugly table, Mum, and I really want to um, cover it with that beautiful tablecloth that we saw. So I said to her, all right, I'll get it. And then I think I spoke to you and I said, well, I'm on a no-spend month. Does that mean my kids too? Yes, of course it does. You know, it means we're just not spending. So I rang her up and I said, honey, I'm on no-spend February. I can't buy it for you in February. I'll buy it for you in March. Now... Like I said, here we are getting towards the end of March and she hasn't asked for it. Yeah, right. So maybe it was, you know, another thing. Um, but she's amazing. The, she, uh, like, I don't, my other daughter, my younger daughter rings her recently and goes, who's now at university, so they're both at university, and she rings her and she goes, how do you survive? How do you survive on working part-time, going to university, paying rent, doing this? I don't know how I, don't know how I can survive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Casey's answer was, you don't spend. Mm. That's it. You just don't spend. Mm. You don't spend on frivolous things. You spend on the most important things, which is your rent and your food and your fuel for your car so you can get to university and back and to work and back. I think I also had a real appreciation for people who are on the on a fine line. Yeah. You know, really are budgeting and really... And I probably have always put myself thinking I don't have to be, but in fact, I don't think it matters what you eat. Mm, I agree. I actually think budgeting and being very in control of your and aware of your finances, I, I've become very aware of, of silly little things I would spend money on. Um, yeah. And so I'm very, I'm very conscious of those that are on a budget that I really, my heart went out even more so because I thought about people that don't have the choice like us, like us saying, oh, we'll buy it next month. 
And I really thought about the mums, solo parents, um, dads doing it really tough, or people that are parents that have put their kids through good schools and they're doing all the best that they can. But how much parents actually sacrifice for their children, and and what we give up in order for our animals to have good care or our children to make Trust sure they're. It's very expensive. <laughs> they are yours. <laughs> the animals? The, anim- the yeah. animals. But just little things, even the food that we were buying and just looking at different choices, having a coffee when you go out and not having a coffee. Like, I've got my machine now, and so we go, oh, why don't we go home and have a coffee? And I, I feel really mm. excited. And not a, a lot of the people on the Facebook page gave lots of feedback, which I thought was fantastic. A lot of people broke. A lot of people said, oh, oh. I... Yeah, I broke and I'm going to do it in March. So we really want to keep hearing your feedback on this because I think money is a topic that not none, not the three of us are not what I'd call financial experts or we're not advisors or anything like that. But I do think money is what makes the world go round and we have to, I think we have to respect it as much as we do our health and our well-being and I've never thought about it like that. Mm. So for the people that broke, I reckon give yourself another challenge and go for another month. I'm hanging in there um, if you want to keep doing it with me. Um, but and, uh, and I'm in there too, yeah, really. So. You know, like I did buy the skirt in March. I did buy the skirt and I did buy your present. But that, <laughs> oh, and it's your birthday. Kimmy, 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 it's your birthday. So I'm suggesting that no one chooses March. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. here's the thing. I heard an amazing comment, a quote once that said, um, how can we expect the universe to give us any more when we don't look after what we've got? Mm. And I thought that was really powerful. And I've always been quite, um, I think when I was growing up, or not when I was growing up, but when I first got into boyfriends and relationships and stuff, one of the fellows that I was with that I ended up marrying was incredibly controlling over me in terms of money, whereas before that it was never a problem, but he was very controlling with money and what I spent. So me being me completely rebelled and wouldn't be told no. So I went out and spent whatever I wanted. Granted, I didn't have a great deal to spend, but you know, if I came home with a $5 singlet, there was something to say about it. So there was always this massive blue because I would never be told no. I was not submissive. Anyway, the relationship ended after 12 months. But um, that kind of set a foundation in terms of how I related to myself with money. Mm. And that same pattern I've just recently discovered is the same relationship that I have with food and it's the same relationship that I have with uh, the same relationship that I have with food, the same relationship I have with money, and the same relationship I have with work. Mm. So I will not be told no, and I can't even tell myself no. And that's the part that's really fascinating me right now is that it doesn't matter what it is. Part of me wants it. Part of me is ferociously saying no. But the minute I say no to myself, there's an internal battle that goes on, and the, the part of me that said no is never going to win. doesn't matter what it is, they're never going to win. And the interesting thing about us talking about money is that, you know, of late I've really needed to pull the purse strings in for lots of different reasons and I've really needed to, like, hone, like rein myself back in and it's been really challenging. So I started doing some research, as I do, on what happens in the brain when we spend. And it's an amazing concept that the brain has this reward centre so when we spend and we buy money, the reward centre secretes all of its wonderful neurotransmitters and we start to feel really fantastic and the dopamine levels are real all there and you know it's all everything's swimming along fabulously. 
but we don't get the same sensation of reward when we save because there's a mental um, there's a mental setup that we have in society that spending because we know everything gets marketed to us there's lots of ads on television buy this buy now get steak knives with that there's all this incentive to buy and in, and consumerism is encouraged so from a um, from a from a uh, almost a physiological perspective we're set up to buy and then the concept of saving we're not set up to get the same sensation of reward when we save so we've got to create that for ourselves. We've got to make that for ourselves because mm-hmm. society and the world outside is not going to give that to us. And there's a real reality. I interviewed an amazing man, and oh, my goodness, he was very spunky. <laughs> um, his name's Peter Audette, and he is one of Australia's leading financial strategists. And he was actually saying, you know, in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, at the bottom we've got our um, need for food and for shelter. But then anything above that is kind of superfluous. Once we've got our food and our shelter, the only things that really matter from there is love and companionship and friendship. And he made an amazing point. He said, you can go out and buy a more expensive car, which is cool because you'll look good, you'll feel good, you'll feel that reward come through, but it will not increase your happiness. It may momentarily, purely from a physiological perspective, but it will not increase your happiness because when all of your friends are flying to Fiji and you can't afford to go with them, then you're not going to love your car so much because you're going to realise that, in fact, your friendship and the love is actually more important to you than the money that you have to pay on your car and the sense of being trapped, of having a more expensive car because now you've got to earn an income to facilitate that. Mm. And I thought it was just an amazing perspective in terms of looking at it as, as looking at money in the context of happiness because mm. all, we, all we want as humans is happiness and happiness requires food and shelter. We don't have to have the bigger house. We don't have to have more clothes because it doesn't increase the level of happiness. And when it does, it's temporary at best and momentary. It's momentary. That sensation of reward, it's momentary. I mean, I did buy a new GHD hair straightener yesterday. I'm just putting that in. <laughs> it's a necessity. <coughs> well, I don't know because I've still got the old one and it still works. But I just oh. wanted a new one. Oh. And well, it's got bigger plates, you know, the big wide oh, yes, plates. Yeah. yeah. So I bought that one and I went, that's going to... Make me feel great because now I'll be able to look after my hair better and yeah no and I actually brought home and threw it in the cupboard and there it is and it's just sitting there now and there's, it does, has no sensation for me because I've become so aware since no spend February and my total dressing down for buying barefoot shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know the you know the, I did give her you know the silent you know the silent look oh, um, you know the look where no the words look. are required correct correct it was just it was just it was just the it was just the eye. Well, the funny thing is she put on these pair of boots flat boots no heel in them whatsoever and a lace up the front and the lace boots. up the front yeah and, and these are the barefoot boots oh. and so she comes and she shows me and i went it's not you there's no heel in them no <laughs> and so we you know chiropractors are trying to get me into flat shoes i go over to the chiropractor's wife and say will this do she says no it's not good for you it doesn't look good there's no heel in it love i'm trying to not it doesn't I was over there, and I got to admit, they were boots that I like. You know, and they I, look I'm the flat boots. So they did look on good Cindy. on me. They did look good on me, but I just oh. tended to go and I went, mm, "Sorry, no spend, no spend February. I can't have them now." <laughs> we, you know, the other interesting thing I noticed was my language around money for no spend February. So I had to become mindful. My children, I made a comment to Jacob. Um, 
he really wants a skateboard. Um, he's got right into a skateboard and he's doing the whole mum. It means I'll be outside. I won't be inside on a on my computer. And, and he's selling it to me. Oh, totally very, he's good. He is good. He is very smooth. Yeah, very, very smooth. Very smooth. <laughs> and he's growing tall too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and very good looking, I've noticed. Yeah. And he waited for March, uh, February to be up. So he's now selling it on this thing. <laughs> Funny. Anyway. Mom, buy it for me for your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> he would think that that was the best thing out. Funny thing is, as a mum, I would love to just go and buy it for him. You know, I just love yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah. So I love buying gifts. That's yeah, the other yeah. thing. I really enjoy buying gifts. Not, it's not a money thing. It's just, it's just the feeling the right thing. Like you yeah. saying that when you saw that gift for, for, for Karen, it was just, you had, that was just mm. ideal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I said to Jacob, I said, honey, that now's not the time to be talking to me about buying a skateboard. We have, we do not have the money for it. We are not spending any money. And no, I'm sorry. Not until you've paid off the final little bit of your holiday that you went away with your uncle to Japan. No. And um, a couple of days later, he said to me, I have to say something to you. <laughs> well, and I said, oh, what's wrong? And he goes, I really don't like your language. And I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought I'd sworn or said something. But he goes, I really don't like that mentality of not having enough. And he said, I would, and I said, well, what would you have rather I'd said? He talked about the skateboard. And he goes, I would rather you'd said is, well, we can't get it right now, but how could we go about getting it? And I went, oh, my gosh, because I've been thinking about that for years. I've always thought about not not saying no. Oh, I so, have, I so have the answer for that. Mm-hmm. I so have the answer for that on how to say no. You give them an option, then say no, then you give them an option. Okay. So if you think of it in your mind as a plus, minus plus. So say, um, you know what? We can get that in three months' time when you've done X, Y, and Z. Because right now it's not an option, but the other alternative is we could do X, Y, and Z for it. What do you reckon? Mm. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It always, always works. Always, always works. And it's the way to say no to them that gets their mind and their brain thinking of the alternative rather than hearing the no and then fighting against the no. Well, funny you should say that. I don't know if I did it properly, but I said to him, okay, well, let's think about the skateboard again. This is something you really want. How are you going to pay it off? And he goes, I can't even get a job. I don't know what to do. So he comes into the lounge and he's got the tin that we've got in the in the kitchen. He's got another one of those. He's wrapped paper around it and written on it, Jacob's Ski Tour. And he oh. wanted to go around door knocking. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. And I said, Jacob, that's stealing. You can't. That's 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 not a charity. And he goes, Yeah, it's Jacob's charity. I've got to pay off my ski trip in order to get my skateboard. Oh no! And what a funny fellow. I don't know. And I said, Well, I can't knock your ingenuity, but no, that won't be happening. And safety. And <laughs> and then he told me he had six friends that would go with him, and the whole thing. And anyway, we talked about that. And what was he going to say? Hi, I want to go on a ski. I, I, just, I need to pay for ski. I, trip. I think he would have. I think he genuinely would have probably lied and said it was for a school trip or something. I think he would have. I know Jacob. He would have tried everything and anything he could. That is so funny. To make it sound worthwhile. But anyway, he um, fellow. He has worked out a plan, and we. And then I. And then the plan is this: it's actually being put on layby. So he got the deposit. He had the deposit in his bank account. He paid some money back to Uncle, and then he cleaned my car and. And helped to do some things around the house, which generated $20, which he then went. And we went to the shop. He chose what he wants to have. And I said to him, because to me, it's also about not having instant gratification. Totally. So it's about earning it and wanting it and really working for it. And so he now has three months to 
earn it and and to pay it off. And if he doesn't pay it within the three months, he loses his deposit. So he's on a mission. And so I feel like I didn't say no. I kind of tried you to turn it around, but I gave him an alternative. But he also still has to earn it. Like yeah. I can't, I'm just not going to... And he's got money in the bank, but I said... No, that money is not to be touched. It's got to be re-earned, which is an interesting thing because I had an email come in the post in the in the email today saying, "Would you participate in a survey? Have you ever been financially abused?" And there was a whole thing in there around financial abuse. So being in relationships where people control right. you, or being in a situation like us that where we lost everything with um, the corporation that collapsed, and um, and I in my early twenties, I didn't think I knew how to handle money, and so the guy I was in a relationship with, who was quite a lot older than me, said he'd look after it all. For two years, I was earning nearly a thousand dollars a week. I was working my butt off, so excited about how much money I was saving. And I, unbeknown to me, he was actually an alcoholic and a gambler, and I had no idea that all that money that I had been thought I was saving was actually being spent. So when I came home, when I returned from Melbourne to live back in New Zealand, and I was with Danny, and I said to him, oh, I've just got to see how much money I've got in my bank account, rang the bank account, and in fact it was $5,000 overdrawn. It was just mortifying. For two years, I'd worked my butt off trying to... So, and you trusted him. I so trusted him. Oh, my gosh. So I kind of thought you maybe... You do trust my, people. Though. I do. I yeah, mean, I you're very trusting. And I think that's been my learning. And probably now, with having to run my business and having to be accountable now, and that no spend February probably was a massive, a very big aha for me, thanks mm. to you two girls. Mm. Um, I but think I'm, that's important to think about that, though, in terms of do you trust other people with your money? Well, I've been told since nobody will look after your money the way like you, you will. will. Exactly. And even if you give it to a corporation that's doing really well or even the share market, like mm. um, you have to keep a you know an eye on it. You mm. have to keep looking at it. You can't just give it to the share market and then go, all right, well, make money for me. I, look, no I believe if you put money into your business, if you can continue to reinvest in you and your business rather than anyone else's. I know Howard and I, um, we invested in some venture, we did a venture capital to a business that we thought would do very well, but we weren't running the business. That's right. And this is the other thing is, is that while we, we have a no spend February personally, businesses what they do is that they make a lot of money and they think, great, you know, they'll either go on a holiday or do something else with it, and then they go broke. Mm. And the only reason they're going broke is that they're not, you know, really, really watching their budget and and or growing at a, at a decent rate rather than let's just grow everything and borrow $50 million and let's do it. And then they lose. You know, look at CleanMate. CleanMate lost yeah, yeah, $60 million. Yeah. They were obviously not growing right. Look at Qantas at the moment. Yeah, look at Qantas. Oh, gosh, I'd hate for Qantas to go down. So it's not only about our personal um, finances. It's about businesses too, and it, and it is about giving your money away. And that's one of the things Howard and I learnt very early on in our marriage is that we did give away some money, and we lost it. We lost it completely. We had no, we had no recourse for it. And then that was the day I said to Howard, Everything we do, we do ourselves. We do not give our money away anymore. Mm. Um, and we did do that venture capital, I must admit, but I just said to him, look, see, we, we, we went against what we said we would do. And true, you know, we've still got shares in that, um, but it's not, I think we've had it in there 10 years and we've not had a dividend. Mm. I'd love that money to come back, but, you know, it just, just doesn't come back. Um, so, yeah, I think... Well, I carry that about, on to my business as well. So we had no spend February, February for the business. Yeah. Um, 
and and I, I'm really being very careful. I'm, I'm actually because I think, like, as always says it, how you do one thing, you do all things. Yeah. And so I've been very mindful across the whole um, board as to how we're trying to manage it. Now, I'm not saying I've got it right, so I really would like to ask for your coaching, both of you. <laughs> oh. um, but I just think just this this was a great aha for me, and I really am grateful we did it, and I hope some of our listeners got the same feeling. And I'd love to hear your feedback on mm, any of you yeah. if you've taken it on because I think it's a massive um, responsibility. Um, and I've just always thought money would be there. I never realised you could lose money. I never really thought you could lose it as quickly as you made it or lose it quicker than you made it. I also think we have to realise that money is recycled. It has to be recycled. So there is spending that's needed to be done. And and if you choose to spend on good quality foods and fuel and, you know, um, tuition for our children or tuition or education for ourselves, you know, that we're that type of consumers that consume, you know, they're the consumption... Con, consumables. The, yeah, consumables that we consume. As opposed to, you know, some people, they just love clothes and they mm. love shoes and they love those things. And that's... But their food is not that important to them. Mm. So they'll eat McDonald's hamburgers but go out and and that's that's okay that's the money going around that's the recycling of money and we have to spend money to make money um it's all part of it so it's not like we're holding on to it like that guy who felt that we could um change the economy of australia by going on a no spend february <laughs> that's right, right. <laughs> there was a few was, for those of you that don't know there was that a was comment hilarious. on facebook oh, that was hilarious it. that he thought we had that much power yeah. that we would change oh, the economy of australia great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> up for a chat power plus <laughs> If we can change the economy of Australia, perhaps we can stop the testing on animals for cosmetics. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But um, so so anything else just to finalise mm. the, the money thing? Because I thought it was a great... Yeah, I thought I it was really good enjoyed too. It. I, I enjoyed it. I think, the, I think the magical part about that is that it sets the wheels in motion. Um, it sets the wheels in motion because you're becoming very aware and very pres- very present to it. And becoming very clear on the value of money, mm-hmm. no matter how much you've got or how much you don't have, I think that having an understanding and a and an intimate relationship with the value of money, I think, is almost representative of the intimate relationship that we have with life, mm-hmm. because money is a flow of energy and it's a flow of of what makes the world go round. As you say, I mean, we we can't pretend we don't live in this world. We do, mm-hmm. and it is what makes the world go round. So how does our world go around, you know? And I think, I think that's having an appreciation of what you do spend your money on. Mm. So someone said to me, oh, Kim, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, people aren't going to buy your oils then. For, and I thought, well, maybe they won't. But I got an extra three speaking engagements that month. Mm. And I thought maybe that was the universe saying, mm. well, you might not be selling as many oils this month, but look, we've given you an opportunity and, congr- you know, mm. and congratulations because it, it's all about that it's all about mm. that you've decided that um, you want to buy a house and you put it out to the universe and you've um, taken the steps and you've put it into action exactly what you want to do and all of a sudden three more speaking engagements come well what was also funny is you know how I said I had to buy Jacob a pair of pants and a, and a shoes we walked all around because now he's 14 and I'm sure parents out there with 14 year olds will know that it's not just a pair of pants yes, it's exactly it's a, it was chino or something or other so we went into all the different places went into um surf shops 
they were all like $99 a pair of pants, $110. Then they said, oh, look, Jacob's, because he's at that in-between stage. He's not a young man, but he's not a boy anymore, and he's got these long legs. And and so we went into then Country Road, and I'm standing there on Country Road going, oh, the $210. Um, (laughs) And they they didn't fit. And then she turns around, (laughs) and she goes, have you tried Myers? And I thought, oh, okay. So I went into Myers. They were down from $69.95 down to $29.95, so $30. Oh, sweet. No, what's even funnier is as I open my wallet, there's a $20 Myers card in there. Perfect. And on top of that, I had on my Myers thing, I had another $20. So she said, you've got $10 to spend. And we said, well, actually, we don't need to spend it, so we'll just have to change things. Mm. But it was like, I didn't even have to buy it. Like, I was so excited. (laughs) So even having that mentality was like, oh, my gosh. I said, and and on top of that, I went to the mailbox that day. I opened up my mailbox. And there was a check, a refund from Suncorp. I'd overpaid my insurance for $375. I'm going, I quite like no spend February. <laughs> I was making money. No spend February actually means I get paid for <laughs> That's cool. It, felt. it was really amazing. Perfect. Perfect. It was amazing. Awesome. And, you know, one of the things that um, I think we need to point out here is that we may be right, we may be wrong. Mm. You know, we don't know. But what we... What I do know that we do is that we offer a different way of thinking. Mm, different perspective. Yeah, and we recently had um, a comment on our thyroid, um, our two thyroid um, podcasts that we did. And the girl said that we should have put a disclaimer on it because we know nothing about the thyroid the thyroid and the hormones and that um, just because a hormone is something it doesn't mean that it's connected to the hormone. And, and I, I kind of went... I answered her and then I said to her, what we are about is about offering a different way of thinking. Just because something is common doesn't mean it's the truth. Absolutely. And that's what this No Spend February is about. Some people might think we're a bit crazy, but all we're doing is offering another idea. And the whole thyroid thing, you know, like medicine looks at thyroid and says the thyroid is... Um, you know, needs thyroxine if it's, you know, not doing well. And that's all they do. They don't look at the rest of the body. They look at it segmented. And we looked at it holistically. Mm. You know, we looked at the chemicals that we put on our skin. We put it, looked at the food that we were eating. We talked about iodine. We look, looked at um, autoimmune disease with it. And then we went down the rabbit hole. There we did with, with mind, you know. Mm. And, and I said, you know, behavioral epigenetics is like... We have no, it's a new science. So I just, I think it's important that people realize that this is what this podcast is about, is that we think differently. Mm. And we, the three of us think differently in three very different areas. And Um, I think the other thing um, is that we started this with three of us having a chat and people have been invited to be a fly on the wall. So I'm sure if we listened in on other conversations out there, we'd be horrified at some things that people said, and we'd also be really excited by mm. some things people said. So I appreciate we've got a responsibility, mm. um, but I think there's a disclaimer at the beginning and the end of all of our of all the Wellness Couch podcasts. So I was really impressed with the research you'd done around that whole thyroid thing. I thought it was fascinating, and in fact, I've referred quite a few people, particularly that have been diagnosed with things like Hashimoto's. I, mm. I actually thought that that was one of the most powerful yeah. conversations we'd heard. And and someone else complained that we babble a bit and and you know that's, well, we that's part of <laughs> being three. We, we will own up to that yeah. one. That's part of being three girls sitting in a room having a chat. But but you know what? We only touched the tip of the iceberg on on thyroid. 
Mm. And I, you know, like I'm creating an education program with Changing Habits and one of the biggest things will be um, a whole month on the endocrine system and the importance of it and all the factors that we need to look at, you know. So I think it's... I think that people realise that this is a conversation between three people um, and we give, offer our point of view. Mm. And, yes, we have disclaimers to say, mm. you know, go to your health practitioner. I'm not saying you have to go to a medical doctor, but go to your, your preferred health practitioner. Because I think I, we say that in every conversation, though. Yeah. I, every time we talk, we say, look, you know, don't take my word as gospel. Just take it as a point to consider or a perspective. Mm. I think we say that just about in mm. every... But you know what? I take your word as gospel, Karen. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I yeah, don't. Do I, do. I actually do. <laughs> I take yours. I take yours. And I just ask Cindy. Exactly. Actually, what's, what's Kim doing right now? Exactly. I did post on Facebook this morning. I don't want to exercise. Yeah, what could Kim? I, I, and you know, I, I was sitting here biting my nails waiting for you. <laughs> but you know, it cracked me up is how many people answered you. And they all said the same thing. I know. And I think they all said the same thing, Millie. 73 people all said go for the run and I was just sitting there I thought any minute now Kim, Kim. any minute now <laughs> it's just a matter of time and you never did I did did I you? did I was about halfway down yeah. I put oh really yeah, yeah you might have missed it because as I soon as I put, put my two cents worth into yeah you did <laughs> um Karen was deciding whether she should go for a run or get stuck into the work, into the office. And as soon as I saw it, I went, go for your run. In fact, I even told you how to do it. Go for a 20-minute run. Take your watch on the 16th, 14th and 18th minute. Go hard out. You'll be back home. Your endorphins will be running rampant. You'll get your office work done in half the time. That's what I suggested. Well, I must have missed that one completely. (laughs) She's got a white noise. (laughs) White noise, white noise. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I think you could do the bike run. Sorry? For the triathlon. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you should join the team Same. as well. Yeah. Mm, mm. But you could be, yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to exercise at all, you could be our, our mind motivator. So let, I'll let's be the cheerleader on the, the side. Cheerleader. <laughs> well, we all need cheerleaders. Everybody in life needs a cheerleader. No, I would like to think that I can get my freckle into gear. Well, we had a ball. I bet you we did. did. We did. Tell we me really about did. it. Tell me about oh. it because you looked so bloody fabulous after you completed. You look like you've I, just started. I what was fascinating is... The mindset, mm. wasn't it? Like what happened with us and yeah, with me especially. So what did you have to do? So you did the swim. I did Cindy. the swim, and then uh, and how Kirstie, far did you have to swim? One point five k around an island. And did you do um, it in the ocean? No, we didn't. Right. And we did it in the river because the ocean, ocean. was huge. Yeah. They they cancelled um, the ocean swim two days before and put it into the river, which just made me go yay. Just oh. to be relieved to be in the river because the river's flat and there's no waves for me to get out on. And were there any yucky things? That... No. A lot of oil Just because my oh. beautiful togs, I put my new pair on that had a white lining and now black. Absolutely black. So there was a lot of oil oh, wow. in the river. But I didn't smell I didn't smell it at all. But you know what you know what's interesting is um Kim ran um the ten K. Um Kirsty rode 40k against a headwind halfway wow and then i did the swim uh, in the river and you know two months ago we made the decision that we would do this triathlon and, and kirsty actually rang kim and i and said do you want to be in a team and i went yeah i'll do the swim and and you know kim <laughs> of course being the runner that she is yeah, and, yeah. and i went oh geez i better start training because i haven't trained to do a swim in in years in probably 10 15 years so I started training in the ocean and twice we've had cyclones nearby and getting out and getting back in to the land is hard work Yeah, yeah. and quite scary. So I have 
gotten into this pattern of almost, I know it's going to take me a bit to get out there. Once I'm out there, I'm relaxed. And then I know it's going to take me a bit to get back in. So I have set up this, I'm sure, this anchor pattern. And remember I saw you that yeah, one yeah. day and I really had a fright. Yeah. Um, and and every, no matter what, I would have my heart racing before while I was getting out to the ocean. And then when I was swimming, I was fine. And then for the most part, getting out was easy because we usually got out at a, an end where there's not a lot of swell. So I start the race. Um Confident as anything. No, I can do the 1.5K. It's in the river. This is easy. Were you nervous? No, I wasn't. Mm. I didn't think I was nervous. I was, you know, like we all had to go to the toilet before we started. <laughs> Twice. Twice. <laughs> I don't know why we're nervous. I don't know why. So maybe that was a nervous way. And it was hilarious. My son and daughter were there and Cindy's daughter, Tanya, was there and Howie. And we're all standing there. We'd had chiropractic adjustments the night before. We had a big, beautiful meal the night before. I posted on Facebook the picture of our meal. Mm. We were prepared athletes, yep. actually. Yeah, we were. And well early, early to bed, everything. Yep. Well, we get down there and there's thousands of people oh. everywhere. Thousands. But very, very well organized. And then I looked at Kirsty and Cindy and I said, where does the run go? And they crept up and we, you have no idea where the run goes. And I went, no, I've got no idea where the run goes. I hadn't looked at it. They'd all been down to look at their course, but I hadn't seen my course. Oh, and, and then you're not joking. I looked right? it up on the computer and no. I knew exactly where I was going. <laughs> I had no idea. We knew the currents. Jacob turns around and goes, well, it's not like you need to worry, really, is it? It's not like you're going to be first out of the rank. <laughs> I thought, fair call. Fair call. <laughs> she just has to follow the leader. follow the leader. <laughs> that was a very good point. <laughs> Trust him to say something. I know. I know. Yeah, really worry. I mean, you know, you'll be following someone. What was so funny is when I did start the run section, is I ended up somehow on my own, and there actually was no one around me. So I sort of passed a couple of people. She and then, bolted. I did. I, did she? Oh, boy. I didn't mean to. I just kind of she got bolted. the adrenaline thing and took off. But yeah. But then I was on my own. I didn't know which way to go. <laughs> oh no! So did you do? Did you do fifteen k? No. Probably. No. <laughs> But, it, it, like, just to say the end, how we did, we, we came sixth. I think that's like In the corporate Uber. women's team, mm. we came sixth. We were so tough. So we were pretty tough. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I started off, you know, the swim starts, and um, and I'm, I'm prepared. So the swim was the first leg? Yes. First leg. I'm prepared. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm on, Howard's got me on the edge. He's told me the currents, where to go, where the tide's going. Oh, I love it. I have everything organized, and I know my race plan. Right. And I just go out with a bang. I'm like, <laughs> and I get um, past the first pontoon, which is not far. And I go into, I can't get my breath. I can't get my breath. And I'm like going, what am I doing out here? What the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I'm like, I'm seriously, I really? am an absolute lunatic. She panicked. I went into absolute panic for no reason. I'm swimming. I'm not near anybody else. How told me to stay out on my right. And I, you know what? I, I can only put it oh down to wow. I have anchored the first part of my swim yeah, yeah. as a point of panic to get out to the ocean. Right. And I think I'd anchored it. And I say yeah. for the first 400 metres, I ended up doing backstroke just to get my breath because I knew I couldn't quit. That was the one thing I knew I couldn't yeah. do. Even though I really wanted to, I wanted to get the lifesaver. He was cute too. I wanted to get him and just go, just pick me up. I don't want to do this anymore. So what do you think? So so you think it was the anchor, like because the beginning part of your race is, is obviously a fight. Yes, it is. And so you were in a race, so the same, because you know the, the mind actually doesn't know the difference between whether you're in the ocean or whether you're in the... 
in the lake, all that it understands is that the first part is a fight. Mm-hmm. So if you in your mind have thought, I'm in a race, that equals fight, it's going to, make the, it's going to give you the same experience as to when you're going out into the ocean, fight against the waves to get out and have nervous anxiety and have all of that kind of stuff. And, of course, that makes you weaker. So it's even more of a fight because you're physically weaker. Mm. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you associate the race with getting out there and really pounding to get through, it's the same fight. How do you break it? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the more you do it, the more habituated that belief system or that, that, that um, neurological pattern gets laid down. The way that you break it is you break the pattern and you either you, you interrupt the pattern right from the very beginning and if you can catch it at the very first thought, you're on your way. There's some processes that I can take you guys through or I can actually put some stuff on the internet about it. Um, neurolinguistic programming is awesome for that, for interrupting the patterns. Um, but really, you've got to catch yourself at the first thought. So it becomes it becomes a necessity to be, to be very vigilant with yourself, and it's almost like you have to you have to become the observer. And without getting too rabbit hole ish, there's you that's doing the talking. So when you were in the river and you were going, "Oh my God, just get me out! I don't want to do this anymore. This is terrible. What am I doing? What am I? I can't get my breath. I can't get my breath." Mm. There was you that was doing the talking, but then there was another part of you that was doing the listening. Because if you're talking, what part of you is doing the listening? There's a part of you that's actually hearing you say all of it. She's gone down the rabbit hole. I love it. But I get it. I get you right. You're yeah, right. There's, there's always, yeah. it always feels like there's two people yeah, inside. Yeah. There's the yeah. part of you that wants yeah. to keep doing it because you can't quit. Yes. And you've got this commitment, and so it's not an option, but you're going to bitch and moan about it the whole way, and you're going to, you know, you're going to make yourself weak. <laughs> throw and, a tantrum. Yeah, you're going to throw a little tantrum. <laughs> you're going to throw a tantrum. <laughs> so the part of you that's committed to staying in it is listening if you like, and the part of you that wants out is doing all the yelling and the screaming. So the part of you that's doing the listening, that's the part of you that actually has to say enough. No more of that. Where am I? What's my reality right now? What's my reality right now? My reality right now is I'm putting one arm over the other. Can I breathe? Yes, I do that naturally, and it comes to me without any effort. What's, what am I doing now? Well, I'm putting my other arm over the other. So to interrupt the pattern of that yelling and screaming and, and discontent... The part of you that's doing the listening, that's the part that has to bring the logic. But for the most part, what happens is that we do the scream and the, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, I'm not happy, and we allow that to escalate. And as that escalates, of course, the sensation internally escalates because the the neurological pattern's been laid down and the neurotransmitters are are meeting that pattern beautifully. Mm. So to interrupt it, I would say, first things first, catch it at the first thought. If you even know that there's a possibility that you might feel that way, catch it at the time that you think you know. If you don't know and it just comes across, it, it just occurs to you unconsciously or it just happens automatically, you have to become aware that that's how you're feeling. So you have to be paying attention to the part of you that's listening more mm. than you're paying attention to the part that's doing the screaming. Mm. And then become logical purely by becoming present in the moment. That's the only way. Become present in the moment. What am I doing right now? I'm screaming and carrying on. Yes, I get that. But what am I actually doing right now? Well, I'm putting one arm into the water. Mm. And now what am I doing? Well, now I'm doing this. And now what am I doing? And you have to 
It's almost like you want to try and raise your voice above the sound of the screen. With control. Mm. With, well, mm. that's the logic. Mm. And Re- it's the presentness. Which obviously took over at around mm. the three, 400 mark. Yes. You know, my, um, my listening brain, yeah. I actually said, enough, you can do this, you know you can do it. Yeah. I had got my breath on my back and I turned around and then I started to pass everybody. I was passing not only my group, but I started to pass... Michael Phelps. <laughs> <laughs> no, the pink. No, there were pink caps ahead of me, lime green caps, and green caps. So I had passed all those three. Mm. So you know, I was I was angry at myself because I could have done a better job, but I still did. Like when I look at my time now, I, I still did a very good Seems job. Like you did a wicked job. Yeah. yeah but see, you've interrupted the pattern there already. Because what you did was you stayed in it rather than letting yourself get out. You stayed in it and you rolled over onto your back and you allowed yourself to catch your breath. Mm. So you didn't give in. That's that's part of the process. Mm. Next time, you might be aware that that might happen. When you're swimming in the ocean and you know that it's got to be a bit of a fight out there, you have to get a reframe for that. You have to reframe that. When you say it's going to be a struggle to get out there or it's hard to get out there. You have to reframe, you're right. You have to get a mm. new reference for it. Well, I went and did it Monday. So I, I swam on Sunday and then I went, right, I'm getting back in the water. It's like, to me, it was like getting back on a horse. You have to get back on the horse. So I mm. went back out on Monday. I went back out on Tuesday. And so I, I just kept going back out. Mm. Um, did you have the same thought? Uh, probably Monday. Mm. But today... Uh, for probably a second or two, I had that thought and that feeling, and I, I just went, I've, I've got to get out of this. I've got to stop it. And so I probably was listening a bit bit more. But also, um, in fairness to um, the predicament, is that the ocean had calmed down. Like, we've had big waves. Huge waves. Huge waves. And, you know... Getting out today was far easier, even though there were a few big waves that came through, getting out was far easier than it has been. So I have to go out in times when I am scared, maybe. And look, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it, but I like your idea and I've got to start doing that. I've got to start, you know, when I'm kicking and screaming, I've got to start doing what you said, go and, and listen to the listener. But, you know, I think this happens for top athletes. It happens oh for goodness. amateurs. It happens Absolutely. for everybody. I had the same thing yeah, happen. You, you talk about your experience. I just, because I was, because you should see Kimmy run. Kim just took off like a little rabbit. She was gone. And she sprinted home like a rabbit. Oh, and I loved the finish. It was amazing. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely amazing. And Kirsty was the same. Kirsty just, she said, I, she was on such a high when she finished. Oh, really? Unbelievable. Mm. And I was on a high when I finished. I was yeah. on a biggest high. And yeah. Although Kim found me dazed. <laughs> Kimmy has left the building. <laughs> left the building, dazed and confused by the time she found me. But yeah, I, I you think, talk about your the, run. I think the experience that we're sharing—we're not suggesting anyone has to do it a triathlon. But this is this is a metaphor for life. This mm. is how we react in all situations, which is why I love physical activity. Mm. But I mean, I was nervous. I'd been to the toilet four times. <laughs> Five times, actually, before I actually ran. And yet what? I, it's not like I was doing an Olympic trial. It's not like and I you had run to run 10Ks most days. I run does. 10Ks a lot of the time. Why was I nervous? I don't know. But part of me didn't want to let the team down. And mm. another part of me realised that these girls all know that I run. So what if I blew a car for Like I was having another conversation in my oh. head of failing them, which was interesting. 
because I didn't want them to know that I was afraid I wouldn't finish because they all had such high expectations I'd finish. So I was having it in another conversation. So anyway, I took off. Couldn't wait to take off because I just, once I get running, I'm fine. But took off and then found myself alone, which was hilarious, um, <laughs> as I came up into the main area of the Malulabar Triathlon where all the crowds are. And you do get a bit overwhelmed, like everybody's just yelling and cheering. Mm-hmm. And Plus the other psychological thing is, as you're taking off, people are finishing. So there's a little bit of a psychological battle there where you mm-hmm. go, oh my gosh, they've just finished the 10Ks and I've got to go and run 10Ks and I'm puffed now because I've just come up this hill. And I probably took off fast because yeah, yeah. of the adrenaline. Just sprinted. <laughs> I have this great photo of her. <laughs> were wide apart she was flying <laughs> we should post that picture because I didn't realise how fast should. it was yeah. <laughs> um, anyway got up there and I was fine I felt great it was it was also 36 degrees mm. and we were running now in the middle of the day oh hell so it was about we, 11 when you started it was 11 o'clock when yeah. I took off and oh my and so but I'm used to running in the heat yeah, so yeah, that yeah. didn't bother me and I was actually excited. I like running in the heat yeah, yeah. but a lot of people were struggling mm. there were people with hoses out and they're drinking waters and all that sort of thing so it was easy as far as support so I got down up over the first part of Alex Hill so there's three hills in this run which hills are psychological in themselves Mm -hmm. but anyway I got over the first one did the first turn I had this girl running with me and she wouldn't leave me alone and I kind of didn't let her out of my sight and we both had orange shorts on and so and we couldn't have our music playing or anything so oh, I normally no you can't have a Walkman on you, oh not a Walkman gosh oh a Walkman a, gosh showing your oh age. my gosh I don't know why I calling it that she, she took off just before you because when you were coming around the corner I was taking photos I actually took a photo of her thinking it was you coming around the oh. corner well, she yeah, well she yeah. was, and she was sort of running at my pace, and because I didn't have my iPod on, I didn't know what my pace was. I don't know what I run at, but anyway, then I kind of was running with her, and I thought that's a good pace. It's mm-hmm. nice, and we didn't have to talk, and it was just nice. And we were passing people, and a couple of guys were passing us, people there, and that was okay. I could handle that, but if girls passed me, I kind of went. Mm. Don't like this. So, but usually <laughs> the, the girls. Competitive Kimmy. Comes I know. Out. I know. I don't know what it is. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, so we got down to the turnaround point, and I decided I didn't want this girl running with me anymore. I don't know. I, I oh. like running on my own. I'm. I'm I you like took off, didn't you? And I just took off. Yeah. I knew I was at halfway, and mm. I was feeling really good. And so anyway, I took off, and I was heading back to the the start because it was three loops. And as I'm coming back now. Um, that you've got to go back up Alex Hill, which doesn't seem much, but when you're running and you're oh, running yeah. at a fairly good pace, it's a tough hill. But most people started walking. And to me, I had this saying in my head, hills are my friends, hills are my friends, hills are my friends. I love hills. So whenever I see a hill, most people go, oh, I hate hills. Oh, I hate them. But ever since I was 19, mm-hmm. I was told by Cliffy Young is to make hills your friends. So I'm always like, oh, I love hills. They just work me more than I can. I, and, and no hill is ever going to beat me. That was the other thing I decided. Even if I crawled up it and no hill will beat me anyway so I was passing quite a few people feeling amazing thing oh my gosh I've hit the 6k mark there's only 4k's to go I am so probably on a good time here turn around and massive headwind massive it was like it just hit me like a ton of bricks and I all of a sudden started puffing because I was trying to keep the same pace and then all of a sudden everything started hurting and then I thought, I think I've got a blister starting. And then my knee hurt. And then I was thinking, oh, my gosh, is that my calf? Is my calf going to go? So this is the talk that's going on in my head. And the other voice is going, oh, shut up. You're fine. 
and then that voice kept going, no, I'm not. I think you, you did 500 step-ups yesterday. You were telling everyone how great you were for doing that. But in fact, oh, my God, what a stupid thing to do the day before a 10K race. What are you thinking? And, then, <laughs> and this voice was going on around my head. And then the other one wow. turned around and went, now look at yourself. Look at yourself. You've just been whinging for the last 50 metres, and you've just run 50 metres. That was the logic coming in. Yeah. And then I'd go, so why don't you just run another 50 metres while you're whinging? Yeah, keep yeah. up your whinge. So I actually did a you yeah, and yeah, went, keep yeah. up your whinge then. See yeah. what you like, because I'm yeah. going to keep running while you whinge. Yeah. This was the conversation in my head. And then that. all of a sudden the pain went. And then all of a sudden I'm down the hill. And I'm now coming around to the last turn. And then it was the last turn of the race. And this girl that was had been, all these people that had passed me at the beginning were now in my eyesight. So mm. I just took, the, I took them all off one by one. Just pick them all off, one by one, one by one. <laughs> and then coming up to the finish, I um, heard these guys yelling out, Oh my God, it's Kimmy, it's Kimmy, it's Kimmy! Like this. And Jacob was there going, Go Mum! And as soon as I hear Go Mum, I almost want to cry. Oh, yeah. And, then, oh, and they were all emotional. I know. Yes. And I got all emotional. And then this guy, he was running, and he had been, he'd passed me at the very beginning. <laughs> and I went right up to him and went, What? You're going to let a girl pass you? Like this. Was yeah. it when you were near us? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And I went, what, you're going to let a girl pass you? And he goes, I can't do it. And I went, I can let this. And I just, <laughs> I felt a million dollars. Yeah. It was like, if you'd said to me I had to run another 10Ks, I would have gone, okay, sorry, I didn't get my time right, I'll go again. It was phenomenal. Oh, isn't that but awesome? But that, I don't think it matters in any situation. I reckon all of us, I don't think we'd be human beings if we didn't have these doubting conversations or self-sabotaging things or you're useless or you're not good enough or you're going to I want to quit. I want to quit. Yeah. I do think that's part get of... Get the handsome lifesaver to get me. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that's another story. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't call that quitting. <laughs> I wouldn't call, I would call that, that an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> she says opportunity like a tart and I say experimenting. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. <laughs> but I also listened. I've got this wonderful album that I listen to a lot, and it, it is designed for top footballers in America. So it's probably a lot of people out there probably wouldn't enjoy listening to it. But I love it because I think of it in relation to running, in relation to business, in relation to my no spend February. And one of the key quotes in there is, "You've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable." Mm. And I really think that every time I feel uncomfortable, even with money or anything, I go, just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable because... Write that on my hand. Unless we feel uncomfortable, we're not extending ourselves. So you're in your... I decided yeah. that I'm in my comfort zone if I'm not feeling uncomfortable, which is nice to take a break. And I don't believe it's wrong to not... I don't think we should always be uncomfortable, but... I really love that. And the other thing I got was when you're feeling pain and wanting to quit, the other line in there is that when you're feeling like that, the mind has left the body. Your mind has actually left the connection to the body. And when your mind has left that connection, you're now not connected to what the physicality and the ability of what the body's able to do. And that's how I likened it. So every time I found my mind, and you know, where's my mind? Never mind. Um, <laughs> but it, it did, and I noticed that my mind, when it was tantruming, is that a word? When it was going into those moments of disbelief or self non-ability or any of that sort of conversation, it was, I actually wasn't listening to my body. I had left my body. They, they were disconnected, whereas you've always said, you know, we can work in harmony and it's about having that congruency and that ability to actually 
acknowledge, I think we acknowledge pain when we feel it, but also know that pain is also like the tide. It comes and it goes. Mm. We are it's, not in constant pain. It's really interesting, actually. The whole complexity of it is really fascinating because whenever we get upset or we start to have that inner tantrum, it's never about the situation that's at hand. It's never about what's occurring right there and then. It's always about a past mm-hmm. experience mm. that we are relating a similar feeling to. Um, so, you know, Cindy, when you're in the water or when you're running or whatever the case is, it's never about being in the water and it's never about the run. It's always about, well, hang on a second, I felt this pain before or I felt, felt this fight or I felt this struggle before. And it goes back to somewhere probably when you were three or five and you're just recreating it for yourself and it comes wrapped in a different package, but it's never about what's in front of you which is where, you know, getting present to the actual reality. Like you were saying, Kim, what am I doing now? Well, I've just run 50 metres. So you keep whinging, you keep knock yourself, just go for it. Knock yourself out, like rip in. Hmm. I'm going to keep running. Because what you did was you brought yourself to the present. You, and by bringing yourself to the present, you don't stay trapped in the um, unconscious experience of what occurred when you were three or five. You actually become, you, you actually relate to the present moment of, well, there's another step. Oh, good on you. You just took another step. That's exactly what my conversation Oh, that's brilliant. They've taken another step. Yeah, yeah, you want to bitch and moan? Go for it. But I'm taking other steps. So it's where the adult you that's aware and present today takes over and brings you to the present moment as opposed to, as as you say, when the mind leaves the body, it's almost as if the, the awareness leaves the body. Yes. The awareness of the present moment leaves the body because all of a sudden now you have pain in your knee and you have fear or you have doubt. And you have questioning. Mm. And you've had doubt and you've had fear and you've had questioning since you were like five years old. And the first time it ever happened, it felt really hard. You know, when you first doubted yourself or you first thought, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I won't make this or maybe this world is, I'm not right for this world. And you felt like an alien, you know, like who it comes in different extremities. But there's a time when all of us realize that who we are may not be good enough. And that's a tough realisation, and generally it happens between the ages of three and seven. And then once we get that, life just continues to show us more examples of where we're not good enough and running or doing whatever it is. It's just simply a recreation of that. But it's not reality. Reality is I'm on a hill, I'm running up Alexandra Hills or Headland, and I'm in a marathon, a a triathlon, and I'm having a fat time actually. And look at me, I just put another step forward. Mm. Or look at me, I I just... Swam another meter. Yeah. I'm I rock. And you know what I think also was a really positive thing, and and maybe we can take this in any life situation. When I was feeling that doubt, and if it was getting a bit loud or whatever, I'd think of Cindy, and I'd think of Kirsty, and I'd mm. think, oh my gosh, those two are finished, and they're waiting for me, and they're yeah. they're hoping that I'm going to come to the end, and I've got my children here mm. cheering me on, and and oh my gosh, people, and look at all these people on the sideline. No one's doing this. We're actually out here. I mean, it's easier to buy a ticket to an event than it is to put the event on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd earned that, and we'd done that, and these two are on such a high. It fed me mm. their high of finishing and completing and knowing that they'd had their own little battles and demons and mm. and self-doubt, and, and yet they'd still done it. Mm. And I think sometimes taking the emphasis off yourself and putting it into those that you're perhaps maybe you're running for or you're working for or you're working towards or people have come out to support you how can you I mean I, I know that if I had blown a calf 
and I was limping home or I had to have been taken off, these girls would not have had any less respect or love for me. Yeah, absolutely. At all. They would have known yeah. that in my heart, they know that I would have given it my all. So that was the other conversation I kept having. Well, what's the worst that can happen? You could hurt yourself. You might fall over. Well, that's not happening. Look, you've just taken another 10 steps. Yeah. So keep going, you yeah, know. And I yeah. think I think that conversation in the head, I love this because as an athlete and being married to an athlete for so long, that's why I love using my running as a metaphor for life because that's how I doubt and believe in myself and business. Mm. It's a direct um, there's a constant pulling and, and yeah, giving. Yeah, the, the, the ebb and flow of it. And the important thing is to not resist it. So what you did was perfect. Let it be. Let it have its voice. Because if you try and stop it, then you're putting your energy into saying no, and that's even more detrimental, and it also makes you weaker. But while ever you are saying no and paying attention to that, your body is weakened. Make no mistake about it. So the quicker you can say, the quicker you can get into your head, wow, why am I doing this to myself? Like, I don't need to be weak right now. In fact, I really want to feel awesome. Mm. So, okay, I'm not going to tell you to go away because I recognize that you're part of me. You're there. Good on you. Knock yourself out. You keep you keep whinging and carrying on, but I'm going to focus on what's in front of me. I'm going to be very present to the people that are supporting me. I'm going to be very present to the hill. I'm going to be very present to the experience. I'm going to enjoy the feeling of the water. What does the water feel like as it's rushing over my head? Mm. As it, as it you know, sifts through my fingers, what does that feel like? So what you're doing, you're not actually distracting yourself, you're just becoming very present. Because there's a distinction between distraction and present mind. Because um, you don't want to be distracted. Because then that's just trying to resist what's there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Distraction is the greatest cause for failure. It's, well, and you're likely to fall and hurt yourself yeah, and all that. Yeah, because yeah. when you're not present to what you're doing, particularly in a runner or on a hill and, and water or... or and when you're around like all that. these swimmers and you, you know, you've got all the... Absolutely. Um, you know, you've got to follow, you've got to be left of one thing and right of the next, and then you've got hundreds of swimmers around you. Um, it, it, yeah, it does. And, you know, what you were saying, Karen, is that... you. Know, it, it had nothing to do with that race. Mm-hmm. I was totally prepared. Mm. I can swim. I swim in that river every day of my life. I live on that river. Mm. You know, I swim in the ocean every day. I just, it, it was something else. Mm. Yeah. So I, and now I have to conquer that and I have to figure out, you know, well, I'm just going to do what you said. I'm, I'm really going to really be mindful of when I go in and when I start to have that, that feeling come over me. And, and really I think the trying. key, what Karen said, and I didn't realise, but maybe that's been a winner for, for me for many times, is is actually not trying to shut it up. Yeah. And actually go, oh, hi, here you are. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. I was waiting for you. Bless your heart. Knock yeah, yourself yeah. off. Knock yourself out. Make yeah. me go mad. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and not then, breathe. But and then you realise there's actually four of you in there. Yeah. yeah, that's the scary part. <laughs> and sometimes there's eight. Yeah. I'm just saying. Next thing you'll see, they'll be cutting me off in a bloody straitjacket. <laughs> but the other thing I just want to say, just as a little hint or just as a little helper, um, in neurolinguistic programming, what we do in terms of pattern interrupts is we look at the way that you see that particular experience. So we would say, okay, so what do you see when you're getting in the ocean? What, 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 when, you, when you're getting in the ocean or you're about to go into the ocean, what's your picture that you see? That, and, and what's the feeling that you get? And what's the sound that you hear? And are there any colors that are important? So whatever you see, whatever you feel, and whatever you hear, you want to do the opposite of it. So if you, if you see, you know, when you think of yourself going in the ocean, do you see big waves swallowing you up? 
uh, crashing on me. Crashing on you. Yeah. Okay, awesome. That's the thing is I can get under a wave, yep. I can get over a wave, but if they crash on me... You're going to get chundered up. Well, I, I know how not to get chundered up, but it still frightens me. when You know, when you're under there and there's a huge wave just crashing on you, and they're you can feel the pressure mm. on your ears and if, as long as you, you're low, it's fine. But, yeah, that's, that's, mm. that's my biggest thing. It's going to crash on me. And I look at them and I go... Oh, they're so big, you know. If that gets on me, where am I going to, you know, mm. where am I going to end up? Nowhere. I'm gonna. I'm just on the bottom, and I'll pop up. <laughs> well, as, just... and that's the reality, isn't it? <laughs> that is the reality of it. You might get the wind knocked out of you, yeah. but that's that's actually the reality. So you want to think about the way you see it, and perhaps even write it down. What do I see when I think about going in the ocean? What do I hear? What do I feel? Um, and write all of those things down, and then. Consider the direct opposite of each of those things. Um, and there's a little bit more to it, which I'll do with you personally, but it's, it's about being prepared to um, see what you see differently, mm. but through the eyes of reality, rather than seeing what you see through the eyes of a five-year-old child who's still experiencing the same fear. Mm. And we're all like that. You know, every time we feel fear, it's got nothing to do with today. It's got everything to do with five, five years old. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. How exciting. Yeah. I really love get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. I'm so going for a run in the morning. Oh, wow. That was a real breakthrough, wasn't it? I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm up um, grabbing a plane fairly early, so I'll text you about four. Is that okay? OMG. No, five. No, you name your time. Okay. You name your time. Shite. I wasn't expecting accountability. And, and, here. <laughs> accountability. And, and what is it? Um, get get comfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay, get comfortable with... You're going to get that one. Because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a team run in May. The, oh, are you? On the Gold Coast. With three girls. It's a colour run. Neon run. Nice. It's a neon run. It's, it's 5K? A, is that a 5K run? Or? They've got a 5 and I think they've got a 10. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, That's so. fantastic. I know. But I, do you think I can get myself out there? Well, guess what I just said yes to. Oh, oh yes. Wow. Crazy, crazy Kim. What? I said yes to the Kokoda Challenge. <gasps> You'll Which, love that. But it's not at Kokoda. Where is that? No, this is, this is not. Oh, I've seen this. This is on the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. This oh, is fabulous. You'll love that. You'll have a fat time. Yes. 97K in 39 hours. hours. No sleeping. Oh. Yes. Most uncivilised. Exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> I love you. Can do I'll it. keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come chopper you out. I got to raise fifteen hundred dollars no, for the Kakoti Youth mm-hmm. Foundation. I'll chopper you out, <laughs> and I'll be your cheerleader. <laughs> well, we need four support team. If anyone wants to be on our support team, I'll come and support people. you. I'll bring some pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really gonna help. <laughs> um, you'd want to kill her. Yeah, you would. You'd <laughs> want to kill her. I'm a thirty-eighth hour. Come on, Kerry. When there's someone's been all happy and chirpy and you're looking like death. <laughs> oh, I could think of nothing worse. <clears throat> okay, so on that note, that brings our podcast to an end for this week. <laughs> so keep us posted and let us know your thoughts. Go to the Facebook page at all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can also make your comments on this particular page here on the wellness couch, which is all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat and I got it right this time (laughs) shut the front door and the back and the back 
to join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you on the run. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.